0: Hi, I'm Erin Tyler, and I'm the creative director of Scribe Media and author of the best-selling memoir, The Bad One. And today we're gonna talk about scapegoating and narcissism. We're gonna talk about my journey to hell and back. And we're gonna talk about how you can live your personal truth and reclaim your soul.
1: Welcome back to this delicious episode of Curiosity Bites. I'm here with my special guest, Erin Tyler, she is the author of an amazing book called The Bad One, and it's about growing up as a scapegoat. It's a memoir. It's incredibly insightful, and we've been talking a lot about what it means to be scapegoated. We've talked about the impact of that. We've talked about how it impacts the world, the level of self-loathing that it can build in you as you get uh, gaslit into who you are versus who you're supposed to be and how we hold these families uh, images we hold these family images of being perfect and what we've got to do to confront that and what happens when we confront it um, and we, Aaron in the last episode was talking about uh, the her attempt at suicide and the, the realization that her her uncle who had committed suicide uh, who was a beautiful man, great dad, smart, good-looking, intelligent, etc. If he committed suicide, how there must be, maybe there's not something wrong with her, and it brought up this moment of questioning. And then we talked about how that led her spontaneously into this raw experience of journaling, of writing, um, and that, that was the beginning of the journey out of that hell, uh, that internal hell, into coming into the world. But it was the beginning, and I want to be clear about that. It was the beginning because it was a journey that came from there. Um, So we talked about the, the journaling was a very private thing on scraps of paper, even on your own skin. And then it becomes something bigger, which eventually turns out to be the book. But that's a big jump. So let's talk about confronting because there comes a point when we get to the realization this this stuff has gone on in my life and now i have to confront i have to confront um family mom dad whoever it is and say okay now what talk to us a little bit about bringing this up to the parents in whatever form because you talked about the dream with the wave and the mexican restaurant and what (laughs) was it like like to have them even see some of the writing?
0: Uh, uh, painful, painful, you know what I mean? Cause my attitude was always, I'm gonna do the thing. I'll do the next thing. And then someday, you know, they'll love me. Then they'll, they'll finally see production. me and they'll love me. Yeah, they'll love my production. Uh, and so it took me a very, very long time to admit that, you know, the, the me that I am uh, is never gonna get the love that I need from you know these people it's that's not uh that's not feasible that's not anything that's ever going to happen that is a painful thing to admit to oneself and it's a painful reality to live Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um and so you know when i first began writing um about my my life you know i started posting it online on in this crazy blog and um you know there was never any insight on this blog, it was basically like, Here I am, I hate myself, I don't know why. Uh, and it really picked up speed and it really connected with a lot of people who I think are probably, you know, probably went through the same thing that I was going through a whole lot of self loathing with no, no kind of logic to it, or center, or, or means of even defining it, or holding on to it, or, or describing it. Um, and I think a lot of people connected with that, and so it started to take off, and um it was, it was not okay. It was, uh, it was not, not okay with my parents. So how you did know, they find it, out about it? Uh, because it became kind of well-known online. I never showed it to them, but they found out about it. Um, so
1: somebody told them your kid is writing this stuff about her childhood.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you know, your they come is... and
1: Confront you. That's what I mean.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, why are you doing this? You know, this is so stupid. Um, The thing was, you know, they're, they were always worried about me because I wasn't, um, you know, living the ideal lifestyle that they wanted me to live to project the image of success on their end. Um, Which is, you know, that's essentially the scapegoat's dilemma is that you're sort of a prop in somebody else's movie. Um, you are not. Well, a human that, being. that is the
1: that is the plight of the uh, the child who's brought up with narcissistic parents. You don't exist except as an extension of me, mm-hmm. and therefore, yeah. if you, if you shame yourself, you shame me, and your accolades don't belong to you; they belong to
0: me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it works out. Uh, so it was it was just not uh, not okay, and it all kind of came to a head. In a Mexican restaurant, <laughs> uh, a fight over a margarita, uh, and you know, it was basically, "Hey, you got to stop this. this is, it's embarrassing." And and I mm. said, "I want. I tried to kill myself before I started writing. It's literally the thing that's keeping me alive." And with them, it was dot dot dot. Well, you have to stop this because it's embarrassing. And in that moment, I kind of realized that, you know, that that didn't matter. Um, and so it was either, uh, you know, it was, it was this maintaining this peace with them or it was going into the ground. And so I embarked upon uh, a many, a multiple year separation from everyone in my family where I was just on my own, uh, you know, in Arizona of all places, this crazy little town in Arizona and uh, and that's kind of where the the little uh, seedlings of of real true strength in 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 understanding myself and and honoring myself began. Um, and but that that pulling
1: away I mean this is one of the things that I was saying earlier that pulling away from the dysfunctional family for, who, gaslights you into who you are or not in truth but in their perception that it's primal for us to want to be tribal we want to connect with our families and then to realize what they just said is you said the writing's keeping me alive and they said yeah we understand but it's got to stop because it's embarrassing in other words, our embarrassment is more important than your life. That realization is incredibly powerful, but it's also, it's at that point that most people would still, because of that need to belong, will shut up or move their blood to another place and not let anybody know about it. Find, try and find a way to hide themselves from And that decision, I've talked to so many people, This that decision to to cut away the anchor that is keeping you under the water and drowning, to cut it away, to swim, even if you might drown now, at least you can swim towards something, is incredibly difficult because you are now, you had the security of this shit And even though it might have been shit, it was still security. I could hang on to that. And now I got nothing. I'm out in the ocean on my own, paddling towards God knows what. Talk to us about that. Because that is there, Aaron, I really want people to get is that's incredibly courageous. To cut away the thing that is poison. Because you believe in that moment, psychologically, I will die. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to die if I stay, but I could die if I leave. And you chose that. I really want to help people to grasp that.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I think if I hadn't experienced a suicide attempt, that wouldn't have happened for me. Oh. I would have done, I would have scrambled. I would have done anything I could to stay because In that moment, your unconscious is certain that it will die. Yes. You feel as if you're going to die. You'll have memories of, or not memories, but uh, nightmares of dying. Uh, It's not uncommon for people who, when they divorce their family, they die every night in their dreams. Um, It is, your unconscious truly believes that you are going to die in that moment and at that time. And so it, it takes a real tremendous stressor for you to finally make the decision to do that. And and I would counsel people who are thinking about doing that to please, please, please have a support system in place before you, you do that. I did not, uh, and and so it was incredibly difficult for me.
1: So you didn't even have a therapist at that point because you did have a therapist later, Dr. Granger, right? <laughs>
0: uh, Yeah, yeah, I did have a, a therapist. She was a really cruddy therapist, so. but that was later, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, I think that was before actually. Okay, so yeah. did you
1: have a um, how did you end up finding the therapist? Was that somebody
0: that was given to you? Did you find a... I I found her online, I okay. uh, was desperately sad. She, um, you know, I definitely value our sessions together, she definitely, uh, she was a recreation. And you know what we what we talk about with trauma, we recreate, we recreate. Um, and so she was a recreation. She ended up exploiting me and using me like a prop. Um, and in doing so, it was it was made patently obvious to me what it was that she was recreating, and and it made it uh, much easier for me to sort of feel safe to confront when it actually happened. Uh, in my earlier years, and so in sort of clownishly recreating it in in this way. Now, well, okay, now I'm in my thirties. Come on, you're not going to pull the wool over my eyes, you know. Um, it was a, a really great example of of how illusory my sort of inflated notions of my parents were, and how. What was really going on was actually, you know, more desperate, more sad. They have more That's trauma. What I was saying about
1: were... that. The, sometimes that you have to create it magnified in order to see it, because mm-hmm, yeah. here's this here's this person who's supposed to be helping you. Now let's put let's put this in a parallel track. Here's your parents who are supposed to be helping you. Mm-hmm. Here's a person who's supposed to be listening to you. Here's your parents who are supposed to be listening to you. Here's a person who's supposed to be caring for you. Parents supposed to be caring for you. Here's a person who's supposed to bring out the best in you and to, to uh, feed that and reveal your truth. Um, here's parents who are supposed to do that. <laughs> and here's parents who didn't do any of that. Yeah. And the therapist who yeah. was the same.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was, it was pretty devastating when she kind of started to show her, her true self, because uh, it was just as if all of this emotional kind of realization just went right on top of me. Um, And, you know, I mean, I think I, I definitely was uh, in a, in a better, better place than I was when I had uh, attempted suicide. I was definitely a lot stronger. I'd spent a lot of years writing a lot of years examining myself and a lot of years, like honoring these, these thoughts and feelings that I had and so it was a different errand that got all of that stuff kind of dumped on top of her. So,
1: but, but, again, okay, it's magnified you've got this, you bought this quote therapist, who is supposed to be helping <laughs> you. Um. And obviously, you know, we know the difficulty with anything is the level of emotional uh, investment we have in it. Obviously, you would be less emotionally invested with her than you would have been with your parents. But still, mm-hmm. it would take enormous courage because from everything I've gotten from you, Aaron, it doesn't feel like you had any support system anywhere. Like, I, I'm, that, that for me is what is... <laughs> freaking no, it's tough. Mind yeah. board, how you did not become an insanely destructive human being in the world (laughs) is beyond me, really, honestly. As somebody who trained as a therapist, you know, I can see that that could have led to a very, very dark path because you didn't have, we all know, sanity, um, a movement away from addiction, all those things require community and you had none of that. Mm. And then you finally have something, this safe, quote, safe place, being a therapist who should be there for you, and guess what? She's playing the same freaking game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I realize you were a stronger person, but how did you not kill her? Yeah. <laughs> really? I know it makes me sounds like dramatic, but you know, how did you not blow up a car? I really want to know.
0: <laughs> well, I will say during this time, I got really into mixed martial arts, so. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. the, the homicidal thoughts were there <laughs> yeah, they definitely were i mean i uh i definitely suffered from a lack of a, a support system um i had some really great friends though. i did uh who were there for me and i i think everybody who's in trauma needs a dog yeah, everybody and, and
1: that's where you went right you you ended up with murph
0: so let's tell, yeah. let's, tell let's tell
1: us a, a little bit about finding murph who is Murph? Who was Murph? And, and you know, from what I read in the book, and Murph is kind of like the manifestation of all your shit that you, <laughs> you have to love. Right?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. So what I read, it was like, uh, oh, my God, what a fantastic <laughs> metaphor. This dog is your shit, made manifest, yeah. and you are going to be forced to love it.
0: Yes. Yes. You are going to accept that you are eating disordered. This dog will eat anything not nailed down. And so you are going to accept that you are eating disordered and it's okay. We're going to work through it. It's going to be all right. Uh, you know, you, you will accept yourself by loving this dog. Um, but you adopted she was, she was the a, dog, right? Hmm. Yeah. I adopted her and she, uh, she I mean, she was, uh, she had, severe worms. (laughs) She had to be dewormed like five or six times, something like that. And so she was just food crazy her entire life, but just like any dog, just a ball of pure, unconditional love, just, just so much love. And it was all pure and her, her spirit and her soul were just nothing but purity and light and, and all of that. And I think during that time in my life, I had such trust, trust issues with human beings that it had to be a dog it had to be a dog that um that I would bond with uh and I think my life would have taken a much darker much darker I would have taken a a much much darker path if I hadn't adopted that dog and like actually found that that stable source of love and um I I think one of the most important things I ever did was was take the leap of faith to love other people too You know, I mean, I think, you know, I see so many people online, just, you know, and and I appreciate the anger. I think it's so important to get in touch with your anger. If you are a scapegoat kid, if you're a golden child, if you're any of these children who have been harmed by narcissistic parents, please, please honor your anger. Please do. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it is absolutely crucial to healing yourself, but I see so much Uh, uh, you know, oh, so-and-so is a narcissist and, and, you know, screw them they should go to hell and die. Um, That's not empathy. And that's not helping you. That's not helping you. It's not helping them. It's not helping anybody. You Mm want to get through this with your heart intact. You have to have empathy and love for everybody around you. Um, And if you want to attack, attack a heavy bag, uh, get angry, get angry, get it out, scream it out. uh, But then always understand where people are coming from.
1: Always understand that people find are just your empathy because you as I said, you had every reason not to be empathetic. I know that it was th- I know that that's who you are, because it was there before all this crap as it is for everybody. It's part of our mm-hmm. nature. But how did yeah. you how did you get back in touch with it when you had every reason to mistrust?
0: I had uh empathy uh f- from the very beginning, and this is one of uh, the things that i relied upon when i was a child i would study and observe and try to d- desperately connect with both my parents using empathy mm-hmm. well uh you know mom's mom and dad were drunk all the time and that's why she does this i mean i would literally sit in the corner and observe them as mm-hmm. they went about their day because it made me feel close to them and mm-hmm. it was that empathy that made me feel close to them. Now, too much empathy can be dangerous. It has of to work course. in balance, right? You got to have the empathy for you that you have for them as well. well and, you the, know, and the, if one empathy. Balance, balance
1: to excessive empathy is called boundaries.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you you got to have the boundaries. A,
1: a, in a family, you probably don't have any. No. <laughs> so, no. You, so you can't have <laughs> empathy, and part of the reason you go, I can't have any empathy, is because you understand that if you do, you'll likely get trod on. So mm-hmm. it's actually the self-discovery to develop the to develop the boundaries that actually allows you to have empathy. Is that how it worked for you?
0: Yes, absolutely. And empathy became something that made me easy to manipulate as well. A little bit later in life, when I was young, it was a way to sort of forge connection with them. And then a little bit later in life, it was like, well, you know, why aren't you being a good person anymore? Usually, you're much more under, you know. And I was easy to manipulate with that empty, empathy. And it only sort of became a, a positive thing for me again when I, I called up those boundaries and said, no, no, you're not gonna do this anymore. I'm sorry. Hmm.
1: Yeah, fascinating. So you're married now. Uh-huh. And you have stepkids too, right?
0: I have two stepsons, yeah.
1: Two stepsons. So yeah. that seems like quite a quite a, a journey. Yeah, seriously how, how yeah. did you how did you come to fall in love uh, I'm assuming he's a decent bloke
0: <laughs> he's very patient <laughs> he's uh, he's a dream husband really uh he's amazing he uh so supportive and and loving and unconditionally loving and uh just soft place to land and it's just, just an unbelievable human being. And I mean, honestly, we are, we're so boring. We're such a, like, we never fight, <laughs> you know? I mean, I, my whole world is my kids, my, my stepsons, And I honestly have like the most beautifully, well, I wrote about it in the book that it's beautifully boring. My life is is just a fairy tale at this point. Um, and I don't know whether that's because my karma is up or <laughs> whether I've actually, you know, done the the really, really hard work of like figuring out, um, you know, what is it about our personalities that makes us toxic and really working with that to, to forge deep relationships with people. What is
1: your deepest hope with this book?
0: I, the thing I want most is I, I wanna reach people who have been forced to live a painful, toxic, false narrative to reinvent themselves. Because we all matter, every one of us, even the ones we cast off, even the ones we project our our, our nastiest parts onto. Everybody matters. And I, I just don't see people talking about these scapegoat kids. I don't see it.
1: Well, I, I agree with you. And again, I, I want to say what I said at the beginning is that I think we don't see them, but because we don't, we're not often willing to self-identify. Um, and and a part of the problem with self-identifying is it doesn't, it it means you were victimized. It doesn't mean you're a victim. And I think that's a very important distinction.
0: Mm, yeah. Uh, you,
1: you, you can live as a victim or you can recognize that you are victimized. I certainly went through victimization as a child um, and beyond, but I'm definitely not a victim and that's not a bravado. Mm -hmm. I'm not a victim because I faced the fact that I had been victimized. It's Mm -hmm. not, I'm not a victim. It's, 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 which is where a lot of people go. It's that I can cry at a commercial. I'm available to my feelings, whatever they are and mm-hmm. i can say oh that reminds me of when my dad my mom my stepdad my whoever my grandfather did this but i'm not willing to be victimized by it i can see that's why it brings that up in me and again i transfer that over now i transfer that over into empathy which is oh my goodness i can see why this person is doing that you know mm-hmm. I, I you know I, anybody who knows me knows i'm not a particular fan of the behaviors of donald trump at the same time i have deep compassion for the man Mm -hmm. and people are like how can you how can you be that and i go because i just keep seeing this wounded little boy who Mm -hmm. obviously was brutalized by his father who was also a brutalized little boy and this Mm multi-generational shit that's going on and then i look at his son and i go yeah his son divorced himself from his father Donald Jr. divorced himself with his father when he read his that his mother had been raped by his father. And now he's back in his life. And I'm like, yep, that's how the pattern works. Yeah.
0: yeah. And so
1: my compassion, like my irritability, is intellectual at these people, but my yeah. compassion is is further. But the challenge is exactly where we started out. Ownership. Do mm-hmm. you have you, the listener, do you, the viewer, do you have the courage to, to do what Aaron has done with this book, with the bad one, to really confront the lies you were told about who you are? Because I think that the central message of the book, Aaron, is they, whoever they are, and, and that maybe includes society, will tell you who you are but you've got to remember who you actually are and Mm. everything in, in your messaging. Like, I don't feel like your messaging is making anybody bad or wrong in any part of this book. I felt like it's really saying, just check if you've been lied to. And if you think you might have been lied to, what might be the truth and that the people who lied to you may have been lied to as well. And that's why Mm -hmm. they lie. And that's why I find the book revealing, enlightening, um, deeply generous, but um, also deeply compassionate. So I really want to thank you for sharing the book. I really want to thank you for being with us today. This has been an amazing four-part series. I sincerely appreciate it. I want people to know where they can find the book. I want them to know about you and where they can find out about your resources would you please tell our audience where they can find those things?
0: Yeah, you can find the book on Amazon. Um, and you can find me at Scribe Media or com. And uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> I'm not trying to do anything
1: else but this book. Okay, well, this is fabulous. I hope you'll stay with us to the end. I just want to say to you, dear listener, you know, I encourage you to get out this book, read this book. I encourage you, as I said, it's a beautiful book to, to even physically look at. So I encourage you to not only get it for yourself, but get it for anybody you think might need it. Um, and if you do read it, I, when you read it, you will likely have to put it down occasionally. And don't let that stop you from picking it back up. It's simply there to awaken something in you. If it, if it bothers you, it's good. that's a good sign it's telling you you're waking up if it's bothering you and you want to throw the book across the room or bury it under something that's your heart and your soul crying out i believe with every fiber of my being that you did not get your your hopes and your dreams by accident they are your heart and soul crying out for expression you are Mm -hmm. magnificent beyond anything you could imagine And yeah, you got told some lies, we all did. And the liars were simply lied to. So let's have a lot more love, a lot more compassion. And again, let's thank Erin for this amazing, being an amazing guest for all that she shared. Please go grab a copy of The Bad One on Amazon go, go to Aaron you can also, uh, we'll make sure all that's put in the show notes again. Thank you all for being with us until next time. Stay curious, my friend, stay curious.